The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Brett King. have you on board and welcome along. This is episode 95 of The Boys of Tech for Monday, 6 December 2010. As usual, hosting the show is myself, Edwin Herman, and joining us over Skype is Brett King. Welcome along, Brett. Howdy. Brett, a busy weekend for you, understand? Yes, yes. Went to a play. Which was? Or a show, really. A show? The Rock Hero Picture Show. Oh, yes, yes. On at the, uh, the St. James Theatre here in town. Yes, I've heard good reviews. Yes, it was brilliant. And had Richard O'Brien himself starring as the narrator. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, brilliant. Excellent. So, well worth it. Oh, yes. If you get a chance to see Rock Hero Picture Show live on stage, then you'd be a dope to miss it. There's nothing like a good stage production. Mm. You know, a few years ago, I went to see Fiddler on the Roof, and it was actually Topol himself who had been doing shows since 19... Mm, early 70s, I think. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he, he's the main character since, you know, for 30-something years. <laughs> and uh, it was him in, in the flesh, you know. He yeah, aged a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and over the 30... You know, apparently, I was reading about this in the in, the, in his earlier part of his career they had to do the makeup to make him look older now they're having to use makeup to make him look slightly younger <laughs> so you know and I guess oh, it'd be a time sure. we didn't need a lot of makeup yeah in yeah. the middle there somewhere <laughs> well you know I tell you what I went to a show as well it was a concert but I, I was working it was the Bon Jovi concert here in Wellington ah uh, yes <laughs> yeah I, I worked uh, all the people who were going to it in their Bon Jovi shirts. Oh, look, you know, it was it was a sellout. And, uh, yeah, look, I, I, I worked something like 23 hours over in less than 48. <laughs> so over two days, set up one day and then set up and selling merchandise the second day. But uh, yeah. I, I managed to go for the, the final song. Any guesses what their final song would have been? Uh, mm. It's really a really good, uh, good anthem you want to sing. Uh, really loudly and you give love a bad name shot through the heart oh uh, yeah actually there could be a few of them yeah it's, I'm, I'm putting on the spot a bit yeah it was uh, it was <laughs> it was actually living on a prayer uh, yeah I, I had a feeling it would be that so I went out and looked uh, had to listen to that song and it was and uh, yeah had to quickly run back to the the merchandise name because that's when everyone started pouring up yeah. at the end of the song so Brett we'll kick off the show with there's a few new things that have been happening in the week just been first of all NASA has made an amazing discovery that they had announced ahead of time that there would be an announcement. Brett, you, do you want to tell us about what that announcement was? Well, it was quite fascinating because up until now, scientists have been pretty set in what they would call the building blocks of organic life, the things that are used to make up the chemical structures of DNA, RNA, proteins, lipids. So, so um, what are those things? Can you tell well, me? Well, there's the, the standard six elements, they call them. Carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen, sulfur, and phosphorus have been the, the basic elements that make up all of the different things that are used in life. Uh, but what 
they have found, what NASA has found, is they found a bacteria that uses arsenic instead of phosphorus in its DNA. Oh, so there's actually, I guess, a seventh known element now, as of now, well, that yes. make up the building blocks of, of life. Um, what it does is that it shows that what we have been thinking as the fundamental building blocks are, aren't really, and that a whole heap of different things could be possible out there. And so it leads on, what NASA is saying this leads on to, is that it expands the possibility of life and what it might be like on other planets or out in space. Well, you know, if this bacteria was something that came from outer space, apart from the fact that this would be hugely amazing discovery to find life outside of, you know, beyond Earth, Mm. uh, I guess it'd be somewhat, apart from that, it'd be somewhat less surprising uh, about the arsenic in the sense that we might assume that things are perhaps a little different out there. But you were saying that this, this is a bacteria here on Earth. Yeah, yeah. And it's the first time that we've discovered something beyond uh, our, our known set of six yeah, uh, building blocks, our, as, as you say. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty what, cool. What's the bacteria called? Oh, it's uh, a strain. It's called GFAJ-1, and it's a strain <laughs> okay. of the Halomonidacea family of bacterium. What does it do? Uh, well, I mean, it's a bacteria, but what is it? where does it... Uh, where do you find this, it? I guess? Yeah, uh, what's its habitat? It was found in an us- the arsenic-rich waters of Mono Lake in the eastern Sierras of California. Okay, right. And I understand that before the discovery was announced, NASA had told us that, hey, they're going to announce something shortly, aren't they? Indeed. And oh, as you'd expect on the internet, as soon as NASA said that, everybody jumped onto the bandwagon of, Oh, have they found extraterrestrial life? Oh, have they found? Well, that's the first thing. Have, isn't they, it? have they found something on Mars? Have they found something in, on Titan? Have well, they that, found that's something what we from wanted. One of their probes? That's what we're wanting to find out, isn't it? We want, we'd love yeah, to yeah. hear. That's what we wish but it, we it would stepped, hear. Uh, no, NASA has found something on this planet, which is still pretty damn extraordinary. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, speaking of new discoveries, imagine this: you Google your name and you find an article about someone wanted for murder, and there is your photo against that story. You're the suspect. But you're not. You're innocent. But that's what it says on the internet. What do you do? Indeed. Imagine that. What what can you do? (laughs) Once, we've talked about this many, many times, once you've released something on the internet, once something is out on the internet, it's impossible to get it off. And this is an unfortunate circumstance that this person has found themselves in. Their photo was mistakenly attached to a crime because they had a name which was incredibly similar to the name of the person who did, was involved in the crime. And because of not proper checking at the police department uh, who put this stuff on the internet, this guy's name, this guy's face got attached to this crime. His name was very similar, I think there was one letter difference, but also more than that, he also had the same birthday. Yeah. Different year, but same same day and month. Yep. And I guess you can kind of understand how these things happen, but it, it really <sighs> shouldn't happen. No, it should not happen. We talk about this stuff when we talk about software, when we talk about patches, when we talk about programs. It is proper quality checking, proper... <laughs> proper testing before anything goes live. This is proper fact-checking. This is not going, oh, 1st of the 11th. Oh, 1st of the 11th, that's right. 
Oh, Jeffrey Blah. Oh, Jeffrey Blah. Excellent. Well, they must be the same person. We'll put them up. Uh, not knowing that that's Jeffrey spelt with a J and that's Jeffrey spelt with a G and that's 11th of January 1977 and that's 11th of January 1987. <laughs> yeah. Proper checking, people. Exactly. Oh, it's not that hard. No, you wouldn't think so. You wouldn't think so. But, you know, just think about the guy himself. Imagine go. Imagine you, for example, Googling your name just to see where you appear. Uh, you'd expect yourself to appear amongst a bunch of links with boys of tech of course which you do in fact because i've googled your name before brett <laughs> but uh you know imagine this amongst those links you see you know want murder and you sort of read the story and there's your photo you're looking at you yourself against the you know and, and a similar name you know brett king yeah. wanted for murder and you're like yeah. what then the only way Why to counter that because you can't remove it there's no way to remove it from the internet once it's out there. The only way to counter it is to put an equal or greater ranked blurb of information about falsely accused or mis- police department make mistake. Ah, things yeah. Things like that. Yeah, that's what that you do. When somebody yeah. Googles your name or when somebody looks at those things, the higher ranked things will be about a police department making a stuff up and putting the wrong photo next to a name. So that's the only way to beat it. You you can't remove it. You just have to beat it with good publicity or with publicizing as vocally and as broadly as possible the fact that a mistake was made. Yeah, I, I think actually that is probably the... The, that is probably the, sound advice there. Yeah, yeah that's that is what you the would only do. way. That's the only way it happens. You can't sue it. You can't sue anybody to get rid of something off the internet. Well, no. I mean, someone's put that on the internet. I mean, it's a news site. Yeah. So well, well, I mean, you can I mean, sue the, them. Yeah. You can sue them. It's if you... on the internet. Somebody else will have gotten it off the internet, and it will be elsewhere. You know, all of the different sites that get feeds off of those places and cache that information. Yeah, but someone someone somewhere has made that mistake. It, 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 it goes down to a oh, yeah. mistake being made somebody in, in made one organisation. And it's a mistake that should not have been made That's right. because somebody yeah. didn't do proper checking before they put well, somebody's photo up. Okay, so I want to leave that story and talk about, I guess, one of the biggest things that's been happening over the last what, week, week and a half even, mm-hmm. and that is the saga, I guess I, I would call it, about WikiLeaks. The ongoing WikiLeaks oh, yeah. Now, let, let's just, for listeners who perhaps haven't been following this, just in a nutshell, what's happened is, uh, first, well, there's a number, well, I don't know where to start with this, Brett. The rape charge, I guess we'll start with that. So uh, the rape charge against Julian Assange, who is the founder of WikiLeaks, is back on. You may recall we reported a while ago that there was a rape charge and then it was dropped and then now it's back on again. It's through Interpol as well. And I think they're, they're seeking extradition. He, he's believed to be hiding in England at the moment. He's he's Australian, but been living in Sweden, and is now believed to be hiding in in England. And he he denies it. He says no, that that rape charge is false. And in fact, there's allegations that the the whole reason that the rape charge had come about in the first place was because of all those war files, uh, those records, those confidential war records and uh, mm. and documents that had been released on his WikiLeaks site about the Iraq War. Was it the Iraq War and the Afghan yep, War? I that think, was as the well? Iraq War, and prior to that was the the Afghan War documents. Yep. And that's really annoyed the the American government. 
Mm-hmm. And so people are sort of drawing conclusions and saying, well, maybe the rape charge is is falsified by the, yeah. by the American authorities uh, because yeah. they want to get him. Well, mm-hmm. now there's there's also fears of him being assassinated. Well, you can't say anything about his assassination or those things without mentioning the 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 latest release of documents, the the Cablegate, the release of U.S. government, State Department's internal cables between embassies and the the State Department. That's yeah, that the was latest. the latest one. Yeah, that when yep. was it? Was it? So a few days ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and that's the one which has once again. I would say it's the release that has caused the the largest amount of anxiety because it shows the U.S. State Department's internal thinking, their, their internal processes, the things that they've done, the things that they think about other people, so other governments, other leaders. It's what they think of them. It's what they're doing to them. So it's got information like it was talking about Gaddafi and the fact that he always travels around with this particular nurse in tow, that they wanted DNA and you know, financial profiles and likes, dislikes, uh, iris scans, blah, 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 from leading politicians and business members and, and military leaders in certain African countries. And yeah, that, that they had, you know, had people followed and that they were at doing checks and spying on UN employees. So these are all things that have been coming out from this latest Cablegate um, release of internal State Department communications. Well, it certainly exposes the inside workings of those organizations. And people have been, people, it's, it's riled people up so much that people have called Julian Assange a traitor. Some have even asked for the assassination of him. Now, one such person is Tom Flanagan, a former advisor to Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper. Here he is on this clip being interviewed by CBC News Network. Take a listen to this. Clearly Assange is saying there's some significant stuff out. Tom Flanagan. Well, I think Assange should be assassinated, actually. I think Obama should put out a contract and maybe use a drone or something. Uh, you know, there's there's no good coming of this. I, I agree some of the stuff is, is quite titillating to read. I was strictly struck by the... Uh, Tom, that's pretty harsh stuff. Just, just for the record, that's pretty harsh stuff. Well, I'm feeling very manly today. Um, but uh, the, the revelations about the Arab diplomats asking the United States to, uh, to bomb Iran, uh, you know, that's extremely interesting. And yet uh, these guys have to live next to Iran. Now the Iranians know exactly what uh, the king of Saudi Arabia has supposedly said. You know, this is, uh, th- th- this is really not stuff that should be out. Uh, even if, uh, you know, in the vast sum of pages, most of it's probably harmless. But there are things in there that really could um, complicate international relations and even, you know, conceivably lead to war. So, you know, I wouldn't feel happy if Assange, unhappy if Assange disappeared. <laughs> well, I got to say, Tom Flanagan calling for that, that that's pretty strong stuff. Wow. There you go. So mm-hmm. he, he, it wasn't just a passing joke, I think. I mean, he's repeated it. Yeah. So he, he, he feels that way. And look, let me just take the other side for a second. Is he in fact exposing danger to the American government and the American people? Is he a traitor? Should he be? Is he, is he a traitor? Well, he's not a traitor. He's not American. Well, that's true. He can't be a traitor to America if well, he's, he's not he's American. He's a traitor to the West, I guess is what they're saying. 
I'm putting words in their mouth, but that's what I think they're saying yeah. when they use the word traitor, which I know, I know, but it's, I, look, is, is, put it this way, is he a terrorist? No. No, he's not a terrorist. How is he funding terrorism? Well, he's doing, How is he's, he he's doing it himself. He's, he's exposing he, the, the he West. He is a journalist. And whatever happened to the ingrained American stalwart of journalistic freedom, freedom of the press, freedom of speech, what happened to those things? One of the things I thought was interesting that came out of this is the, the latest WikiLeaks admonishment of, of the, the United States government over all of this stuff. I'm going to quote it verbatim here because it, it, it's pretty interesting. Sure, sure, go for it. Every American schoolchild is taught that George Washington, the country's first president, could not tell a lie. If the administrations of his successors lived up to the same principle, today's document flood would be a mere embarrassment. Instead, the US government has been warning governments, even the most corrupt around the world, about the coming leaks and bracing itself for the exposures. He's got a bit of a point there. Hey, uh, this, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of lost for words because, I mean, that's exactly right. Yeah, good, exactly. It I is mean, showing the, what do you say underhanded tactics. It Absolutely. is showing all these sorts of, you know, uh, backroom politics, underhanded, sneaky things that, you ex- you know, you see in movies. You see them in movies and you go, oh, this is so, so out there that, you know, the governments would wouldn't actually do this sort of thing. This is, this is just not how it's, it's not cricket. But yeah, <laughs> apparently, if if this stuff, because you know, the the U.S. Statement Department has never admitted that this stuff is real. It's it's all the alleged cables. You should never really underestimate what a government would do. And yeah. whilst there are a lot of conspiracy theories out there, and perhaps a lot of those are false. There are probably others that are, are quite either true or, in fact, plausible. Mm. And some of the things that people have been saying in the past that were never confirmed by government were brushed off as conspiracy theories have later proven to actually have been, in fact, true. And one yeah. of them was confirmed by, I think, a CIA member that, in fact, the U.S. had uh, sponsored the US government had sponsored the assassination of the leader of uh, I, I don't remember which country it was either Libya or Syria uh, and they admitted that they said yes back then we had put out a contract on that country's leader yeah. and they admitted it and mm-hmm. prior to that you know you'd get the two sides you get people saying that, that that's what the US government would do or would be capable of doing or is in fact doing mm-hmm. the other side saying nah it's just a conspiracy theory they'd never really do that yeah. So that's just one example of where so, something has this, actually been proved, and yeah, so yeah. don't never underestimate what governments never can underestimate what they will can do, and, can and will do. Oh, it is such a tricky situation. WikiLeaks has always been a tricky situation when it's gotten into this sort of governmental level of information, because it's governments are supposed to be by the people for the people. Right, and there's meant to be that transparency. Well, in a democratic system, yes. yeah, in a proper democratic society, there's meant to be that transparency. So this sort of stuff shouldn't be these big. Oh my God, the the world's going to end. We don't want our neighbours knowing that we talk about them behind their back, sort of stuff. 
because there's supposed to be that level of transparency for this. And there's supposed to be that level of that sort of ethical and moral baseline that that the governments are supposed to be above, (laughs) stooping below certain things. Supposed to be. Um, And so the release of this shows the way things are. But on the other hand, there is the questionable ethics on releasing documents that have the potential to cause injury or harm to an individual. Yeah, there is like no, that has injury to be, or harm to a government that. or system is irrelevant. There is so much thing. If you take America as a case study, there are so many things that the original founding fathers of America built into its own constitution to ensure that the power to get rid of a bad government remained in the hands of the citizens. That saying bad things about a government or a system is built into the American constitution, the American history as being an okay thing to do. It is okay to question your government. It is okay to not agree with everything that your government does. It is built into the constitution that every American has a right to stand up for their own beliefs and their own way of life and to question their own government. So this whole thing about, oh, no, all they're saying bad things about the the U.S. administration, they're saying bad things about this, that's irrelevant because it's built in (laughs) to the Constitution that says you're allowed to do that. Well, you know, I I really wouldn't be surprised. Because then you're getting into a fascist society. I I really wouldn't be surprised if if Assange disappeared one day, mm. mysteriously. I, his mother is worried. She's in Australia and yep. she's been quoted on the news as being very worried for her son's well-being and yep. fears that he will, in fact, suddenly disappear mysteriously. Yeah. Uh, of course, that, that's, that's talk for basically being assassinated by government officials, I guess. Oh, well, let's put it this way. If anything bad happened to Julian Assange over the course of the next year, there would be one one entity that everybody's finger would point at. Well, no that's, matter that's how he turned thing, up, you there can, would be exactly. one entity. Well, that this the, is the thing. You have to be careful because he, he could be innocently, say, run over by a bus and killed. Completely I know, innocently. but that's not, and then, that's not what we're talking about here. I, I know. The finger, the global yeah, finger right. we'll would point looking, at one place. Yeah. He could die of the flu that he contracted while he went skinny dipping in a river in England. And it would still... <laughs> The global well, conspiracy danger, yeah. finger would point at one place. Now, look, talking about so it's, okay, oh, but uh, yeah, the it's oh, the the it, the whole sort of ethics. Is it right to release that sort of information? Is it wrong to release that sort of information? It's well, people are divided on the issue. They really well, are. It's yeah, it's tricky. Uh, it, yeah, anything that says something bad about a, a, a an entity, a company, a government, anything like that as part of a free democracy, a free people, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, that is okay. It is okay to do that. Releasing information that would have, well, that has the potential to directly lead to the injury of a person, that's is where you start to dig yourself a moral hole and you have to take a step back and go, should I actually release this? 
The other thing we haven't mentioned yet is that WikiLeaks is the site is just unavailable because it's been under a DDoS, a distributed denial of service attack. Mm. So, yeah. uh, well, who? I mean, the, the first question that comes to mind is who is behind this? Who is who? Well, would be s- a hacker, a, a relatively well-known hacker called Jester, has claimed responsibility. Oh, really? For the DDoS attacks, but whether is or that not legit, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, whether or not that's a legit claim, whether or not he was working for somebody. Who knows? Uh, but it's very suspicious. Uh, you it know, is very suspicious. You would think that for this sort of thing, where it actually goes very much against a, a government's way of thinking, that hackers would be very much in support of it. Yeah, uh, you think so? Yeah. So is, he being, is, is the hacker being paid off? Is it, is yeah, it really not the yeah, hacker and it's, it's is a it, CIA or, or something? Is, yeah, or is it a who hacker is it? who has no care about any sort of bigger picture sorts of information and just wants to use it as like right now the biggest way of getting his name, when name known? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it would be. It's a, it's a high-profile uh, site at the moment. Yeah. Uh, nah. so, so that would be a, a nice one to hit. So who knows? But it's, in fact, you know, they've they moved the site. They've moved yeah. the site a lot. It was WikiLeaks.com. They also registered a, a bunch of European domain names, mm-hmm. uh, WikiLeaks.ch, which is Swiss. There were some others as well, which I don't remember. And they had them on different servers and stuff. And they had Switzerland was hosting it for a while, and it was somewhat reachable. I, I tried uh, a few days ago, and it was somewhat reachable. And then it seems to have died again. It's yeah, uh, apparently ten gigabits per second was mm. recorded. Yeah, well, they did move it to the Amazon cloud for a bit, but then Amazon kicked them out. That's uh, right. Yeah, because Amazon got pressure from the U.S. senator. The U.S. senators pressured Amazon to <laughs> remove hosting. And don't forget the DNS provider as well. Yeah, yeah. They apparently, it's now back with the Swedish company that uh, who were the original hosts. Well, the, the DNS provider as well had booted them yeah. out as well, but that wasn't because there was any pressure or that they didn't like what was happening. The fact is, is that because they're under such a, under a DDoS, it was putting pressure on their system. So they said, well, we don't want to have to carry that weight, you know? So they said, look, go away and find another provider. So Yeah, yeah. well, (laughs) we're talking about similar levels of traffic that we talked about a few weeks ago when we were talking about the, the country Myanmar being taken off the net. Because their big telco got DDoSed. Yeah, with that's right. Equivalent yeah. levels of traffic. Yeah, huge amounts of traffic. Somebody leveraging the full might of a botnet out there. Oh yeah. Wow. So there you go. And I think the WikiLeaks saga will continue. Uh, oh, and in fact, we'll, is- we'll we'll continue to report things as they develop uh, over the course of the next few weeks. Oh yeah. I do not see the intricate, twisty, curvy pretzel of wiki goodness <laughs> that this is going away anytime soon. <laughs> wiki it's, goodness. It's just too interesting. You'd like to sink your teeth into the, you know, the, the story because it's got everything you like. It's got, it's got governments coming up and, you know, going rah, rah, rah. It's got the little man trying to fight for what he believes is right. But is it right? Is it wrong? Is he a hero or an anti-hero? It's got sex. It's got police. There'll be, be a movie made on this soon. Oh, oh, yeah. You can if they can make a dollar. If they can make a movie on the founding of Facebook, then they can make a movie about this. Oh, absolutely. They can make a blockbuster <laughs> about this. this one will have action in it. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. It's such an interesting story. Well, Brett, once again, I think you get the title for the episode. Wiki Goodness is the title <laughs> of episode 95 as of now. 
<laughs> so there you go. I like that. Wiki goodness. That is episode 95 of The Boys of Tech. I want to thank you, Brett, for co-hosting the show with me. Always a pleasure, Ed. And thank you to you, our listeners. Much appreciated. Don't forget to check out our website, boysoftech.com. Uh, you can leave your comments there if you have any. And we hope to see you all again next week. Till then, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.